Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that I'm almost willing to wager in a Methodist church. You've never heard a lesson read from this book of the Bible. Almost willing to bet you. It's from the book of Lamentations. Lamentations, the third chapter. I'm going to start with the 19th verse. Read through the 24th verse. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast, uh, Lord, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Weekend of the cross this year was a near miss. You need to be going, glad we had it. A month ago, we were planning it, we were talking about it, and nobody, nobody mentioned the word COVID. Nobody said a word. It was going to be great. It's going to be glorious. It was going to be cool. And then the Delta variant popped up. And some medical people were wondering, are you guys still going to do it? It's going to be scary. You're going to put all those kids together, all this stuff. And, you know, what are you going to do? So I called a meeting and I said, look, got some concerns. What are we going to do? And the group said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, 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 and this. And we're going to keep everybody safe. You don't have to worry. See, that is in my job description. I've got to worry about all 2,000 of you, okay? Wednesday morning, I'm sitting in my office, minding my own business, making sure my candy jars are filled for all of the kids who know that I have candy in my office. And if you don't know that I have candy in my office, I have candy in my office. And I'm sitting there and in walks Haley and Chris and Kim. And they all sit down. They said, we bet you know why we're here. Because the three of us would not have come to tell you something good. Do you know why we're here? Yes. So I go, "Um, the band can't come? No, it's worse than that. Worse than the band can't come. What is it? Brian Mercer's got the COVID. What? The speaker has the COVID? A weekend? He's coming up he's got the COVID I'm going to have to preach and I wanted to hear Mercer say just little boy from Mangum little boy from Mangum 
They even showed me the hand movement. I've got the little hand movement. See, I was getting ready for Mercer. Mercer's got the COVID. Mm, That was like a little Cessna flying by at the beach with a banner. Don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. So I called the group together again. We had another meeting, and there was great weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth and tears. And I found out that, young people, you have a group of adults that love you and would do anything in the world for you. And it was good conversation. It was holy conversation. It was decided we would do what we did and you would be okay because we just spent all our time praying over you and this building and everything else. I went away from that meeting excited because if I can just transfer the passion for the youth and the students and Weekend of the Cross to the rest of the church, man, I tell you what, this, this, we, we could, this would be a house of fire in a positive sense, all the great energy that was in that room. But there was something else in that room. It was not spoken. It was up under the surface. And for these months I've been at Trinity, I've met this thing. It's not spoken. It's under the surface. And it's called grief. Trinity is a church grieving. Grieving? Grieving. And it goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to Andy Hurst. Andy Hurst leaves. People leave, and there's grief. Brian Mercer leaves, people leave, and there's grief. Scott Wright leaves, and there are people that leave with him, and there's grief. Other pastors come, and there's not much excitement. Some more people leave, and there's grief. And then you go through the kerfuffle you've just been through, and there's grief, and nobody deals with it, and nobody talks about it, and people leave, and we're wondering why we are where we are. It's because we're grieving. We're grieving all the relationships we've lost. We're grieving all the friends that no longer come to church here. We're grieving the the preachers that we were close to and, and how they lived life with us. And it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. We're grieving, but we don't articulate it. There was grief in that room. There was grief about Weekend of the Cross last year that had to be so weird. There was anticipatory grief that this year was gonna have to be weird. We don't talk about our grief. And we all lose things. Lose a boyfriend or girlfriend early in school. You grieve, you don't talk about it. Because that's what American culture does. You you lose your youth. I used to be a young preacher. Friday I got a haircut. It's more like getting my mop mode. And I look down on that sheet and there's all this white hair and I'm going, where is this white hair coming from? I've been at this for 40 years in the Methodist church. For the first 20 years I was a Methodist preacher, I was too young. For the last 20 years of being a Methodist preacher, I'm too old. There was a two week span of time, I was the perfect age. And I was on vacation. I used to be good looking. I used to have six pack abs. Now I have a keg. I look like boudin stuffed into a peach t-shirt. 
you should try to preach dressed like this. I grieve what I've lost. Young people, you're going to graduate from high school. Woo, made it through high school and you're going to grieve. You're not going to know what the emotion is. You grieve when you've accomplished something. You're going to grieve. Graduated from high school, boom, you're a freshman all over again. (laughs) We grieve when we succeed and our lives are changed. We grieve when we lose friends. We grieve many things that we can't do. We grieve our dreams that aren't going to come true or our routines that COVID has changed or our stability. I want this madness to stop. And that's what the group was grieving, the madness. You can't plan anything. You can't do anything. You don't know if Chick-fil-A is opened or closed. But we don't talk about it. We deny it exists. Oh, not us, Brother Doug. We're not grieving. You don't see a tear on our face. No. We minimize it. It's not that bad. We blame others. We blame ourselves. We rationalize it. We intellectualize it. We become hostile. We distract from it. But we don't do what the writer of Lamentations did. We don't lament. We don't grieve. We don't admit we have strong feelings that we can't particularly name. And they don't really feel real warm and fuzzy on the inside. We want warm and fuzzy. The writer of Lamentations looked out over Jerusalem and nothing was there. It's like you waking up, looking out on Ruston, Louisiana, and nothing's there. Tech's not there. Ruston High's not there. Cedar Creek's gone. Trinity's gone. Temple's gone. Cook Baptist is gone. The river's gone. Everything is gone. Your family's gone. Your friends are gone. You have nothing that gives your life stability. You have nothing that gives your life meaning. You can't operate under the, under the habits you've already had or have because there's nothing there. The Hebrews believed that God lived in the temple. He wasn't in heaven. He was in the temple in Jerusalem in the Holy of Holies. And they looked out and the temple was gone. How do you deal with it when God's house, when God's dwelling place is gone? Well, first of all, you've got to lose your wrong ideas about God in the church. And what makes that so difficult is we've invested our lives in a certain way of following Jesus. We've invested our lives into certain applications of biblical truth only to realize they're foolish. That we are really not dealing with the emotions we feel. We are really not dealing with the losses we've had. We are really not dealing with what COVID has done to us. Hadn't done a thing to me. Has it? How many of you find yourself with bad habits now because of COVID? I'm not going to ask you to name them. We're not going to have an altar call, but you know what you're doing. Spending way too much time watching TV or the screen. You're kind of grumpy and grouchy. You're not doing the things that lead to health and longevity because ah, it's COVID, I can't do it. We've lost a lot. And we haven't grieved it. We haven't lamented. 
So I want to say three things really quick about what the scripture tells us about grief. First of all, pay attention to it. Grief is not a static situation. It's a process. And believe it or not, God grieves. Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse. And the Lord was sorry that he made humankind on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. Paul tells us, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Grief grief is an emotion that even Jesus felt. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, "There's, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Pay attention to grief, it's there. Pay attention to what the psalmist said about grief. 150 psalms in the book of Psalms and half of them are about lamentations. Half of them are about this crazy thing we call grief. The 42nd and the 43rd psalm are back to back and they are connected laments. They're connected because both of them end with the same last verse. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. And that's exactly how we want to read that, that we're going to have cast down soul, not very long, and we're going to go straight to hope. But the psalmist wants you to read the psalm this way. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Okay, what's going on in your life that's not quite right? Well, I don't know if I'm going to wear a mask today or tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I used to tell you what's going to happen in the future, but I can't anymore because COVID has gotten weird. What's going on? My marriage used to be strong, but now COVID has jumped in and fried some of my relationships. My kids used to love me, but oh my goodness, I'm not sure where I'm going to go to school. You see, we don't spend time reflecting and ruminating and talking about what's really going on in our souls because we can't admit we might be grieving. We can't admit we might have a dark thought. We want to go straight to hope. So pay attention to the Psalms. Pay attention to Jesus. At the grave of Lazarus, Jesus didn't say it's all going to be okay. He wept. Going in Jerusalem, Jesus wept over the city and he said, how often would I have gathered you as a chick gathers, as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. Jesus didn't say it'll be all right. On the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't say, yay, resurrection is coming. He dealt with the thoughts and feelings and emotions he had. The writer of Hebrews says, through his suffering, Jesus learned obedience. Pay attention to Jesus. who knows our sorrows and knows our pains because he felt them. And my thesis is 
that if you don't deal with the dark in your soul, if you don't deal with the grief about what you've lost, you can't experience the fullness of joy. There's something always whispering at you. Something's wrong. And something is wrong. It's called grief. Then we need to wait in the liminal. We need to wait. We need to wait for whatever it is. You know, the Hebrews had to wait in captivity. The Bible tells us, they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. The psalmist says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And if we take last night's message, while we're waiting, just keep walking. Okay? Just keep walking. Live your life. Follow your patterns and rituals. But understand that grief lasts longer than the casseroles. When we Methodists don't know what to do, we bring you a casserole. If you've had a great loss in your life, somebody will show up with a casserole. If you have a baby, we bring you a casserole. If, if, if you're in the hospital, we bring you a casserole. But some of our grief, some of our losses last longer than the casseroles will hold out. Some griefs you never get over. It's more than losing the big game when you were a senior in high school. It could be the loss of a child or a spouse. It could be having a, a child born with, with a chronic illness or condition. There are a lot of things that break our hearts. That because we can't name it, and because we're afraid to lament, because we're afraid to get down in that deep darkness, it's never reconciled. Gerald Sitzer wrote a book entitled A Grace Disguised. Gerald Sitzer lost his wife, his daughter, and his mother in one horrible car accident. And in his book, he talks about all the Christians coming to him with, with that glad hand. Ah, it's going to be okay. Jesus will, will provide. God will send you somebody else to help you. And, and all the things we say when we don't know what to say when somebody's had a great loss and Sitzer said, what it reminded me of is all these people are chasing the light and they're running toward the west, toward the setting sun to find the light and keep the light and keep the, high, the heat. Sitzer says, I decided in my own life I needed to head east. I needed to walk straight into the darkness, as dark as it would ever get, so I could greet the dawn. Wait on the Lord and then allow the old to give birth to the new. Allow the old to give birth to the new. Sometimes things just have to die so something can be born. 
Sometimes you have to stop doing something so you have room in your life for something else. Jesus said it this way, Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. We need to be at peace with the holy unknown. You see, that's why we don't talk about this in church. That's why we don't deal with it because we want somebody to jump in and fix it. We want to know who's to blame. Is God to blame? Is is it God's fault there's suffering? Is there God's fault there's COVID that has just disrupted everything? Whose fault is it that my life is messed up? And the scripture says, wait a minute. It's a part of living. Experience the richness of living. So when you're feeling this dark emotion called loss, name it. Name it. We've lost a lot. Wait on it. Or wait with it. And then understand that very often... God is giving birth to something new in your life. You thought you didn't get what you wanted. When in fact God was making room to do his holy and perfect will in your life. It's there. This thing called grief. We come to communion feeling warm and fuzzy. It's communion. We forget that after Jesus left that room with the disciples, after he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Jesus went to a garden called Gethsemane and there he struggled with his feelings, his emotions, his grief. Jesus goes on to the cross and from the cross says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He deals with what he's lost and what he's going to lose. He deals with the hurt that is very real. Do we? Do we allow God in that place where we hurt so he can heal? Amen. We started the early service this morning and Chris leaned over to me and he said it just doesn't feel right because we were looking out over a congregation all masked up and we'd gotten used to looking at your beautiful faces and what we as ministers felt starting the service and leading this service is is grieving because we were so looking forward to getting back to normal and all the things we're planning for the fall and we're going to have a great fun fall But if it happens to ministers in church, 
Realize it happens in your life in a hundred different ways. And if it really starts gnawing on you, find an adult, find a person, find a friend, find a pastor, talk about it. Let us help you through that valley of the shadow called grief. Would you stand and pray with me? We're going to sing, and that's my excuse to give the group time to get out here. Let's pray. God, we don't want to walk through the valley. We want to rah-rah and have fun and everything be hope and light and love and joy. We want to laugh and have a great time and be affirmed and be lifted up. Yet, Lord, sometimes we just feel like something is pulling us down. We name that something as grief. Our human inability to control the world and how we respond to that. And just like Jeremiah, we grieve. It's wormwood and gall and we don't like it. And we're confused by it. We name that too. And we pray that as we move through this process of healing, we would hope in God. Bring us life, Lord, new life and new love. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.